Anybody know what today is? It's Tom Jones's birthday. Not unusual to be loved by anyone. It's like 103 now, right? He's 77. God damn. My, 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 Delilah. I can't sing too loud. Can't sing too good? Yeah, I know. Hey, hey, watch it. Me and Paul sing rings around you, buddy. Rings around you, buddy. (laughs) Ring around the collar. It's the new Tom Jones single, Rings Around You, Buddy. Covered by Paul and Bill. Avengers Spotlight! Yeah, I'm in a I'm in a uh, DoubleTree Hilton. Like it's like really a weird. It's a very uh, hoity-toity, hoity-toity um, hotel. Am I naked? No. <laughs> Why would you even want to know? I don't want to know, but I I can turn on the video. Uh no. Actually, probably kill the call. <laughs> I don't know how to turn the video on anyway. Let me see. Thank you. That's okay. No, no, wait. Uh, I'm looking. Not figuring out. That's okay. We're good. I think this is it. It's all right. I'll take the F. Oh, that was frightening. What? Even for that brief moment, frightening. What? What do you mean? Oh, there was there was a video. I didn't even see. Well, are we doing a show or what? I don't know. No, this just is gonna... Bill's episode. He's he's, he's in charge. Well, just because I'm editing doesn't mean I'm in charge. Oh, this yep. be edit, episode twenty-seven. I don't know what this is. How many times do we have to start this? And I and I tell you, we really don't keep track of the episode numbers. I just like to hear you reiterate things. Just five, six more times. Well, I hear somebody typing. That's me. That's me. That's me. I'm definitely typing. Billy um, uh, Babbitt. Billy Babbitt typing. I'm multitasking. When if you don't yeah, want to multitask, multitask, maybe you should start the freaking show. Well, what would you like to do? All right. So we ready? What part are is you ready? This? You're bringing the shit in. What part are we in? What part is this? Not 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 episode. The part. Let's see. I don't know. It's, uh, it's one of the parts. Who am I? Where am I? What am I doing? Let me see. I've got it here in a note. Wait, you were even going to bring the wrong book to the show. No, I wasn't. I don't even know what I'm talking about. <laughs> one, two, three, four. Ah, part four. A quiet half hour in Saigon. I don't have a Mike's Amazing World. I'm afraid to pull up Google. I'm not going to bring up Mike's Amazing World. I'll bring it up. To... Okay. Well, I you can do the Mike's Amazing World because I, I, I don't want to... Stuff if you like. 
because I don't want to task my tasks me. I shall have him. I don't want to task. <laughs> Mike tasks me. I shall have him. Yeah, what was up with the site being down? What happened with that? And how come you didn't? Know. How come you didn't the, seem to give a shit? The hamsters probably died. <laughs> the ones that were on the wheel keeping the shit. Why? Why did I not seem concerned? I was working. Working. It was a Saturday. I was busy. I was doing shit. Let me you see. You weren't Saturday. working. You were li- literally doing for, shit. I was on vacation. Uh huh. Uh huh. Vacation. You can't. You can't take time out for your baby to see what's going on. Why? Why your whole empire is crumbling around you? Good time on vacation. My baby got stolen like the Lindbergh baby a long time ago. So I. <laughs> I took the Lindbergh baby. No. <laughs> <laughs> what am I looking up? Oh yeah, Avengers. What do you mean it got stolen? Who stole your baby? All you bastards. I've been cut out. Uh, wait a minute. Whoa, 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 whoa. I seem to remember a podcast <laughs> years ago about some guy and another guy who distinctly sounded a lot like you who said, oh, I can't wait for today when this is pretty much self-sustaining and I don't have to do anything. That was well, Honeywell. That well, was I thought that was you, too. I don't know, maybe. I, I, may, I might have to remember. What am I looking up now? Uh, Avengers 131. No, I mean, I mean what, I've got... What did you need to know? Just the the details? Well, I've got them here in the book. But it's oh, sometimes nicer to read on mics. But, I mean, I, I've got the credits. They're just I got the cover credits as far as pencil and inker. I got all the stuff. I got where, where it's reprinted. Apparently, it's only been reprinted twice, according to this. So. Yeah, see, that this, this book doesn't have this. So I'll let you do the indicia. I can do that. So, what all can right, I I'll bring you Sid. You could just you could just sit back and look pretty. You want to read the email? No. <laughs> oh, okay, Andy. <laughs> it didn't matter what you asked me. I was going to say no. <laughs> so you're going to start okay. the show, or you're going to just sit here breathing well, deeply type, into well, the type microphone? Well, type in If you stop typing, maybe I'll start the show. Yeah, okay. I'm the reason you haven't started it. Okay. <laughs> Hey, I've been up here all week by my. Well, I've got one of the other yeah, guys you, from you, my branch. You, you know, you, you, you're turning into what's his name uh, from uh, Kong of Skull Island, uh, John C. Riley, <laughs> which I haven't seen yet. Why does he talk it's, it's to a, It's too? a pretty. It's a pretty minor spoiler. So, he uh-huh. he uh, he actually crashes well, on the island during World War Two. Right. That when, they I know. Come, when they come to the island in the 1970s, he's still there. Mm-hmm. So that's that's you. Oh, that's me. Okay, I, I got you. Okay. <coughs> yeah, I was listening. Oh God, here we go. <laughs> I laughed again. I was going, oh my God, I was dying listening to that. Actually, I was dying when I was editing that. <laughs> I was I was in the airport listening to that. And I was trying not to attract attention. I'm sitting there going. <laughs> Yeah, just people, laugh. People wandering over and reporting you to security. There's a strange man over there. Just <laughs> giggling and snorting to himself. I was hysterical laughing when we recorded it. I was hysterical laughing when I was editing it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, so we're going to get into do a show or what? Yeah, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> See, that should be the opener. <laughs> oh, 
making my don't make my dinner come up. You know what I have for dinner tonight? I don't care. I had Hairball. shrimp. I had hairball. I had shrimp and mussels and grits. <laughs> Cheddar and spinach and mussels. Cheddar cheese grits with corn and sausage and then uh, shrimp and mussels around them. It's delicious. Anyway. Hello and welcome to Avengers Spotlight. Today we are on part four of our... Let me see. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Ah, about nine or ten episode extravaganza. And as always, I have drug with me a man who needs no introduction because he can just be said as this one. Mr. This One, or his one, Scott, his gardener. <laughs> you okay? Scott, yes. hairball gardener? Yes. There you go. Ah. Oh, my God. We're going to be talking about the, the this one crap later on in this in this synopsis. I got some stuff yeah. to so that's later. what everybody wants to hear. Before we get into the book about Mantis that I read about Steve Englehart uh, and what he, he had to say, but before we jump too far, and also the other the other lovely voice you heard, as always, is... Oh, do we have a new co-host? <laughs> yes, just, yes, just in, uh, it is um, Paul Nomad Gardner. No, <laughs> Paul, Paul <laughs> Nomad Sorrow. <laughs> <laughs> That's a pretty uh, weak him. Uh, so what? We don't do laws anymore. We do. <coughs> I didn't get a cough out of you. <laughs> that's that's become your new trademark. <laughs> that has replaced the laws. Now it's a throat clearing. <laughs> I don't know if it, I don't know if throat clearing kind of does it justice. It's more like a backwash. <laughs> <laughs> like a garbage disposal in your body. <laughs> <laughs> it's, a, it's a spoon in the garbage disposal. <laughs> Not funny, guys. <clears throat> anyway, Not funny. <laughs> today we are covering Avengers 131. Uh, but before we talk about that, I was reading recently that uh, Steve Englehart was not happy, apparently, with the portrayal of Mantis in Guardians of the Galaxy. Are you kidding and, me? No, well, as compared to the character he wrote, she really is kind of superficial and just, you know, not that strong of a character compared to what we have that in this one? book. Yeah, she, she's annoying here, but she does Here's at least... Here's the she's... big difference between the comic book version and the movie version. Shit, not quite shit. So shut up, Steve Englehart. That now that you know, I respect the guy, but that just annoys me. I mean, seriously, she sucks in the comics. Wow. Well, I'm sure he's still cashing his royalty check. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm sure he cashed his royalty check first. Are you serious? Is he really bitching about her in the movie? Uh, Actually, I haven't I, heard anything. I read it. Uh, I can't remember. I I was sitting in class today because that's I'm up here in class this this week. Uh, and uh, I was just scrolling through, I think it was on the Sci-Fi Channel website, and like there was a thing there that said, Steve, hey, Steve Englehart, not, not happy with Mantis. So I clicked, you know, it's clickbait. There I go. Uh, so I don't remember that. I want to say it was on Screen Rant. And it was just a write-up about how he's, you know, he was a little disappointed, you know, et cetera, et cetera. 
So, well, he was the creator of the co- of, of the character. But. I understand that, but I mean, <laughs> actually, he was co-creator. She's damn lucky to have ever even. I mean, if you had, if you were tasked to, you know, quick you come up with me. a list. Oh. If you were tasked with, you know, quick come up with a list of five thousand comic book characters that will will ever be on screen, would she make the list? Because she sure as hell would never make my list. I wouldn't in a million years imagine that she would have been in in a movie. And now she's been in it, and she was pretty good. But she was pretty good because she was not the comic book version, <laughs> which is shit. So, yeah, he need, he just needs to be quiet about it. Just cash your damn royalty check and shut up. Shut up the hell with you. <laughs> wow. I can't... Wow. That just... You blew my mind. Mind blown. Yeah, I understand. You know, he created the character, and I'm sure he's fond of her. As you know, we were we were talking about last episode. You know, he keeps seeming to bring her up, or, or some, you know, do do some attempt to either bring her back, or make her relevant, or create another character similar to her, or whatever. But there comes a time when you know, if your if your creation is just not quite coming across the correct way and connecting with with other people that you should just be like, well, maybe it's time to just create some different characters. Well, to be fair, I don't think everybody has the same dislike of Mantis that you do. I don't think she's a loved character by any stretch of the imagination. But right. I think you, you more actively dislike her, whereas most people are just kind of like, you know, shrug your shoulders and move on. I'll, I'll give you that. Okay. I mean, I don't stay up nights hating her, but I'm just saying she's she's far from one of my favorite characters either. I kind of thought you stayed up at night hating her. <laughs> well, maybe some nights. Okay, I've I found said article, and it's Mantis creator Steve Englehart not happy with big screen version in Guardians uh, Volume Two. Englehart uh, also co-created the character of Mantis with artist Don Heck, which I wasn't unaware of. For 1973's Avengers 112, with the empath portrayed as a butt-kicking celestial Madonna who would hopefully birth one of the galaxy's greatest beings. Uh, James Gunn's Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 includes a buggy-looking mantis as Ego's caregiver, played by Home Clementative, whatever. But she's given a much... Just went right by that. But she's given a much different demeanor than the superhero brought to life by Englehart and Heck... 44 years ago. Yeah, because uh, she didn't say this one. Apparently, Englehart has seen Guardians Volume 2 and does not dig Gunn's version of the character at all. In a recent chat with Polygon, the writer expressed his dislike of Mantis on screen and is not mincing words about it. And here's the quote. By the way, this, just so people get credit, this article is by Jeff Spry off of the Blaster uh, Sci-Fi doc, uh, Blaster.com website. So when people say, oh, you're taking up other people's work and reading, making yourself. No, shut up. Blah, blah, so, blah, blah. Oh, yeah, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. It's <laughs> stupid. <laughs> so his his quote was, this is from Mr. Engelhart. Well, I was not happy with Manus' portrayal. That character has nothing to do with Manus. I will say that I like the film quite a bit overall. They're doing good stuff, and I enjoyed my night at the movies so long as I turned, off my, turned my brain off to the fact that that that's not Mantis up there. I really don't know why you would take a character who is as distinctive as Mantis is and do a completely different character and still call her Mantis. That I don't know. That's French for sucks ass, right? <laughs> that I do not know. I liked her, 
but that's not Mantis. What? I didn't know she was. It says this, and then it says this 180 degree turn from her original presentation as a German Vietnamese human. I guess I forgot she was German. Who was trained? Yeah, come on, I'm German to Vietnamese. You know, who was trained in martial arts by a Cree cult and groomed to be mother of their Messiah. Obviously, the meek, soft-spoken interpretation as a lime green alien with saucer eyes and a pair of insectoid feelers. She had like antennas in the comic. Did yeah, not did. sit well with Engelhart. But characters in the comics realm are constantly being changed or resurrected, and he'll just have to cash his royalty check and be content with that. <laughs> The filmmaking process is always taking liberties in its adaptations, and this is a minor one. And it says, were you distracted by the zen-like sensitive nature of Mantis in Guardians 2, or were you, una were you unaware of her heritage in the first place? And uh, that ends the article. And I'm not going to go on and read what people uh, uh, posted, like for comments. So. See, she had the uh, those antennae-looking things on her head in the comics. But I think but it was they were in her hair. Be, I think it was just meant to be weird hair, like kind of the way Pietro has those points on his head. Yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't think it was meant to be anything, you know, where it was, you know, had a, had a purpose. Mm -hmm. It would have been nice to have been addressed at some point, though. Which is a point I made before, so I won't belabor the point. But I think that that needed to be addressed at some point. You know, preferably why, why she has them. Yeah, I mean, just somebody should have commented to clear it up for us that have wondered all these years, what the hell are they? Are they are they antenna? Because when she was brought back, when she was resurrected and joined, you know, this newer incarnation of the of the Guardians in the comics, you know, basically the Guardians that inspired the current movies that are coming out, um, for one thing, they colored her green, but I'm I could be wrong. Maybe I need to go back and look at it again. But it, it looked to me like they were now actual antenna, which I'll mm. agree with you. I, I think in this incarnation that we're looking at here, I think it could be interpreted that it is just a hairstyle. But again, it's you know, it, it's almost like it's open to interpretation or something. Is it hair? Is it antenna? We don't know one way or the other. I think we we were owed an explanation we never got. Get me and a pair of scissors. It's another one of those things that has always bugged me about this character is that she's ill-defined. Mm. I mean, sometimes ill-defined works very well. You know, it adds a certain mystique or whatever to the character. In this case, ill-defined just hurt an already, you know, crappy character to begin with that much more. At least to me, I, like you said, you know, I'm, I'm not, I know I'm, you know... I, I'm, I'm trying not to speak for everybody because I know that she has her fans. I don't understand those crazy people, but I know she has them, so whatever. See, with with me, just to kind of play devil's advocate a little bit, I, I, I can't go as far as saying I'm a fan. That would be ridiculous. Um, but I I liked this, this storyline that we're covering right now. I enjoyed it when I read it. I'm enjoying rereading it now. Um, I think the, the mystery aspect of her character did work to some extent and sometimes when you take away the mystery aspect of a character you kind of ruin it so i didn't feel we would we were you know we were supposed to get a total explanation and the story we're about to cover kind of touches on the fact that uh you know they go into the you know we, we're hearing different versions which one is true and i i prefer to to have it be a little more ambiguous i just kind of like the way that works better mm-hmm so that's my that's my devil's advocate moment. Hmm. Well, I guess with that, uh, Scott, you want to give us the indicia? 
for the book? I yes. will. All right. So this information comes from Mike's Amazing World of Comics that you can find at mikesamazingworld.com. Uh, this is Avengers number 131. The cover date is January 1975. This was actually on sale, according to Mike, on October 17th, 1974. The cover price was a whole 25 pennies. And let's see here. The cover on this one was actually done by... Penciler was Gil Kane, who was uh, actually one of my favorites. I really like Gil Kane quite a bit. And the uh, inker on this is Frank Giacoya. Uh, I don't know if you want to take a moment to talk about the cover on this. Oh, sure. I, sure. I will be perfectly honest. I like the images of the Avengers in the foreground. You have, um, from left to right, you have Iron Man. This is nosed Iron Man. You have Iron Man, the Vision, Thor, I think, looks particularly cool, and Hawkeye. However, I'm not really crazy about the rest of it because what you have is basically they're on like a platform, precipice, something like that. And there's this wall of flame between them and then these giant images of uh, what's called the Legion of the Unliving. My, my, uh, unliving rather. My problem with it is that the Legionnaires are all different sizes, and that yeah, there's, just there's adds no a, rhyme or reason to it. At yeah, all. it adds. But a I, it very, looks to me like the, like the ground is broken and they're coming up out of the ground. Actually, um, yeah, that okay, I yeah. can I can see that. Yeah, and like rising up out of hell or something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think that's exactly that. it. Yeah, and I I can see that except. I can even see them being giant-sized for whatever artistic license or whatever, but the fact that they're different well, the that really, giant sizes are really weird. The one that really throws it off is Frankenstein. Now, he's yeah. supposed to be a little bit bigger, but with him and Zemo, if they were kind of... Zemo was, gotten a, was a little bit bigger and Frank was a little bit smaller, it wouldn't be so far out of whack. And actually, Zemo looks like he's got a bone through the top of his... Uh, his hat. Zemo like looks a, weird. I think if you didn't know Zemo, like if you'd never seen him before, or whatever, it kind of looks like a you Pez knew Zemo floating like a I know <laughs> Zemo. Oh, 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 what a mask. <laughs> I'm taking over for Bill. That's okay. <laughs> but coming out, out of the ground, we have Wonder Man, Simon Williams, Baron Zemo, the Frankenstein <laughs> monster. What? I was going to break into song again. <laughs> I just the, or, the original human Zemo. 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 Daylight come <laughs> and me want to smash to come off. Living. And we go in limbo. But you know, the other Zemo. thing I noticed, too, is you have the... This is supposed to be the android human torch, yet he has a face. That has always been the distinctive thing, the, the, the line between these two characters to tell them apart is that... So the line was drawn here? Yeah, no further. The, the, you were no further. The Johnny Storm torch looks like this with a face, and then the classic Golden Age torch doesn't have a face. So by putting a face on him, you know, arguably people may have bought this thinking that that was Johnny. I'll show you and... how to paint a face. <laughs> Tell me the movie. What was the quote again? I'll show you how to paint a face. Um, they got me on that one. Mm. It's nope. a little obscure, not an obscure movie, but a little bit of an obscure quote. It was uh, Jeff Goldblum in Death Wish. He plays one of the original mo- muggers who uh, 
Really? Yeah. Goldblum. Who, who really? Kill, kill Charles Bronson's wife and rape his daughter. Really? Yeah. Wow. He's wearing like He's... a Jughead hat. Do you hear oh, they're wow. casting him for uh, the next uh, Jurassic Park film? Apparently, he's been cast for it. Oh, yeah, in fact, heard. he's reprising his role. Yeah, that gives me a a, a a no, no, a do, Don't you just wonder has has Russell ever seen that movie? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, maybe Jurassic Park. You mean either? <laughs> <laughs> Any? <laughs> I don't think well, they have movies where he lives. Hey, well, you know, let's not forget the last important, the, the, the pivotal character of the Legion of the Living here that no Legion of the Living could go without. It's unliving. Unliving or living. <laughs> Midnight. Who? Midnight at the <laughs> Oasis. Is he the Midnight Cowboy? Some people call me the Space Cowboy. <laughs> he beat me on that one. Because <laughs> <laughs> I speak uh, with a pompous of love. Mid- Midnight really had me. Uh, he was in like I was. I was very curious about him. Deadly Hands of Kung Fu, I guess. Yes, yes. But I was very luckily, curious to know more about him, and I, I never did follow up and get those issues. Yeah, luckily they give us, you know, they give us little footnotes as to when stuff happened, you know, where this guy was from. Because I'm I, like, I thought he looked, I thought he looked like that guy that you that you've talked about before in Daredevil got got stuck in a tombstone. What was his he, name? Uh, he does look like what is that, Deathstalker? Yes. Yeah, yeah he kind of looks like him, but yeah, he kind of looks like the Phantom, but with a mask. Yeah. Yeah, he's well, he also looks like there was a there was a Daredevil character even earlier than than that Deathstalker guy because I, I I you know like I said before I was reading some early Marvel God what the hell was the name of that guy and oh, I'll see if I can look it up I can't I can't remember what his name was I want to say it was the Marauder or something like that the Marauder I'll see if I can find it continue did you want me to do the interior credit stuff as well. Oh, yeah, sure, sure. Okay, so anyway, moving on. Uh, right around this one, of course, is Steve Englehart. Penciler is Sal Buscema. Inker is Joe Staten. Letter, Tom Orzakowski. And colorist is Phil Rachelson. Uh, co- and then uh, story title on this is A Quiet Half Hour in Saigon. And I'm just going to say this now so we don't forget to say it later. This particular story, this particular issue has been reprinted twice, once in the uh, Avengers Celestial Madonna trade paperback in 2002 and also in Essential Avengers Volume 6 trade paperback in 2008. Hmm. And with that, I will give us the synopsis supplied by the official, Marvel's official index to the Avengers. And it goes something like this. While the Avengers continue to help Mantis investigate her mysterious past in Vietnam, she easily subdues... Now, earlier I read this and thought she... I read it as seduces, but I corrected myself. But now I've told you how I... Well, anyway. She easily sub, <laughs> subdues a would-be mugger just before Nomad, formerly Captain America, appears updating the team on his activities and telling them he intends to rejoin their ranks soon. Elsewhere, elsewhere. Meanwhile, Ramatut and Kang 
continue to battle each other within a time vortex until Amortis transports them to his castle in Limbo. Posing an alliance with Kang, Amortis imprisons Ramatut. Back in Vietnam, Hawkeye contacts Avengers Mansion, where Jarvis reports that Captain Marvel has not yet responded to their summons and that Scarlet Witch remains in secluded study with her witchcraft mentor, Agatha Harkness. <laughs> Mantis, sobered by the swordsman's death and her ongoing identity crisis, apologizes to Vision for trying to seduce him recently, but Vision wants no apology and admits that he was flattered. Oh, thank you, baby. While Libra secretly observes Mantis, Kang, and Amortis plot to destroy the Avengers. And Kang uses Amortis's time technology to recruit powerful pawns from the past. Well, peas in there. A legion of the unliving plucked from moments in time before their apparent deaths. Back on Earth, confused by his love for Wanda and his conflicted attraction to Mantis, Vision seeks romantic advice from an alcoholic, I mean from Iron Man, who prefers not to get involved. Yeah, nice, Tony. No way to help out your friends. Nearby, Mantis spots what seems to be a glowing green swordsman and pursues him, but he disappears. Back in limbo, feeling he no longer needs a mortis, Kang imprisons him alongside Ramatut. Ah, my collection is now complete. While Nomad departs to follow a lead regarding his Serpent Squad foes. I'd like to know how he gets across the ocean. Not having any... Anyway... Kang transports the Avengers and Mantis to the labyrinth beneath Amortis's castle, then dispatches his legion to kill the Avengers and bring him Mantis. The end. For now. So the name of the dude I was trying to think of was the Masked Marauder. That was his name. First oh, appeared yeah. in Daredevil number 16. He was so close, yet so far. That's what I was trying to think of. He... He's not exactly midnight, but he, he, I mean, they could be brothers or cousins or something. After midnight, we're going <laughs> to let it all hang out. After midnight. <laughs> so started right out of the gate. Uh, man, Mantis is just like, well, I guess that guy did pull a knife, but man, bitch is mean. I, I almost oh, thought he was like a guy from Star Trek because it looks like he's got a little Enterprise emblem on his on his little shirt there. I think it's a piece oh, of garbage. I, yeah, I know, but it's like a well-placed piece of garbage. Because, yeah, there's a fish head flying out of a garbage can behind him. Which is a nice touch, by the Holy way. Holy poly fish head? Fish, fish head, fish, fish head. Oh, I was hoping you guys heads. got the ref. Oh, that's awesome. Well, you know who was in that band, right? Uh, One of the Bill members Bumby? of... Uh, yeah, Bill Mummy. And I want to say... Uh, I want to say Bill Paxton was in that. Bill too. Paxton was in the video. He was in the video. Okay, he was yeah. in the video. He, I don't think he was ever a member of the group, but he was. He was the. He was the guy walking down the street and buying the fish head in in the fish heads video. Roly poly fish heads have never seen. Are never seen drinking cappuccino. Oh man, I screwed it up. Roly <laughs> poly fish heads have never seen drinking cappuccino <laughs> in time restaurants and Toronto women. No. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's sad that we know that. What have, what have I done with my life? I, I you know I don't know if I still have it somewhere. I'd have to look, but I used to have a fish head shaped record of Barnes and Barnes. It was a, it was a picture disc, but it was shaped like a like a fish head. How awesome is that? Could probably get I a bow to you. I bow to you. <laughs> I liked those guys. They were they were kooky. 
See, that was probably not in Paul's wheelhouse at the time. Because he, <laughs> he said nothing. All right, now I need to go on eBay and find out how not much my fish head shaped record is. <laughs> but, I, but I did burst into song when Scott mentioned it. So, you know, my, my, my knowledge, you know, varies. So, does Mandis kill this guy? I don't think so. Uh, or either that or just gives him a really good just time. She just clocks him, see? It says clock. Clock. <laughs> I'm talking the next page where she's got his her legs oh. wrapped around his head. I think she just leaves him unconscious. I think <laughs> if she killed him, the, the fellow Avengers might be a little bit more outraged. Is that a fish head or are you just happy to... Never mind, I she won't finish She is sorry you had not. She who? Stop talking in the third person about yourself, you freak. Okay, just to, to bring this to a happier thought. <laughs> uh, I really like the artwork here. I think Joe Staten is complimenting Sal Buscema really well. Mm-hmm. Now, we had previously done... The last issue we did with Staten as well, was it not? Mm-hmm. Uh, yes. that on Was that on Buscema or somebody else? Now, are you last talking one, the, the annual? No, well, the we just did... He the one with the slasher. One, 130, I'm sorry, yes. Uh, the Shropshire Slasher. Hang on, I'm, lo- I'm looking back here. Yes, that was that it. was Busima on the layouts and Joe Staten on the finished art last issue, yeah. So I'm thinking this is better than that one. I'm, I'm thinking this well, is we got a different box. color this time, too, though. Although the coloring in a lot of it seems to me to be a little bit... Uh, I don't know, just the coloring doesn't pop to me. It's a little subdued at points, but but it's fine. I don't have any problem with the coloring. Uh, I don't think it's the coloring that makes it though. This almost see it almost seems similar to me to Sal Buscema when Klaus Jansen was inking him. Klaus, which I thought they made a really nice combo when they worked together on the Defenders. Right. Mm. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Busima and Jansen, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that stuff. That that stuff was actually the stuff that changed my opinion of, of Jansen because up to that point, I'm trying to remember what I'd mostly seen him on, and I think probably it was, Ramita was, Jr. I, I think it was actually on um, Miller's or, or, Daredevil, or, and I yeah, never I much cared for it. I always thought it was it was kind of scratchy and all that, but it, it was his work on uh, Busima on uh, Defenders that that changed my opinion of him. But I don't know; it's it's weird. I, I have a feeling you and I are just going to keep going around on the Joe Staten thing, but I don't think the arts is strong in this issue. Well, I think you're wrong. I think you're wrong. I know, but my opinion counts more because I'm older than you. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Gotta respect well, anyway, your, your elders, you punk. Well, anyway, we don't seem at the bottom of page two. We don't seem to have the cross-eyed mantis like we had in the past couple issues. Cross-eyed um, mantis. Do, 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 do. <laughs> what song is that? Or are you just cross-eyed Mary by Jeff Cross-eyed Hill? mantis. Oh, okay. Well, we could do these eyes. Do, 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 do. Oh, I was just <laughs> listening to that the other day too. This one's eyes. Do, I, I, do, do, I just do. happened to acquire the. <laughs> I just happened to acquire the greatest hits collection of uh, of the Guess Who and was just listening to that the other day. Vietnamese woman, stay away from me. <laughs> All right, this doesn't say if it's fish head shaped. You're still looking that up. 
<laughs> yeah, I did. I looked it up on on eBay and welcome everybody for, to the Fish Head Podcast for twenty dollars with four dollars shipping. What's on the eBay? Offering with Scott. From two true freaks. It says Barnes and Barnes Fish Head slash High School Gym seven inch forty five private press novelty. But I this is not the one I have because the one I have is fish head shaped. So, and it's a picture disc. So I don't know, but I can't find the one that I own. So I wonder if that means it's rare or something. I don't know. I don't know. Stop badgering me. I, I, I have no idea. So anyway, Manus takes out the would-be murder. <laughs> Just taking it all in stride, Bill. I love it. Moving right along. <laughs> Got to get this train back on the tracks. <laughs> Ain't train nothing going to break rolling. his stride. There's tracks? Keep on moving on. Oh, no. Got to keep on moving. So uh, everyone tells a different tale regarding this one, and she is growing sick to death of them. Uh, yeah. uh, maybe you ought to comb your head. Because <laughs> that's a mound on top of her head. It looks like it's all matted. She's got two pieces just sticking straight out like antennas. We don't know if they are antennas or not. She, like, slept on it wrong forever. Now, when I was a kid and I was reading this, I was actually very turned off by Thor with the Shakespearean speak. Courage, woman. Yeah. This sadness be most unlike thy usual disposition. Thou hast allies who will not rest till thy riddle be solved. Shut it's like, up. It's like, speak English, man. <laughs> English, do you speak it? <gasps> do you it. speak it? <laughs> I found it. Oh, all right. We pause Avenger Spotlight for Fishhead <laughs> Scott. It's Go actually Fishhead. It's Barnes and Barnes' greatest hits. And you can buy it now for twenty nine ninety nine, or if you really want it, you can get it autographed by Bill Mooney for one hundred and fifty dollars or best offer. So yeah, because he's probably got stacks my best offer is garage. nothing. What my best offer is nothing, not even the postage and handling, which I wish you'd pay for me. <laughs> I will share this in the chat just so you can get a chuckle out of it. But yes, this is this is. It. I have no idea where the hell I even bought this thing, but. I'm sure probably out in the garage somewhere. I, I can't imagine I don't still have this somewhere because I never get rid of anything. Actually, your wife probably used it like she snapped it in half and put it under <laughs> a, a table leg. All right, that table leg balances out nicely now. That record worked up. Fish head worked great. All right, let's look at the fish head. It has their greatest hits. It has fish heads. I had sex on TV. Swallow my love. Work the meat and party in my pants. Do you sense a theme here? Swallow my love, party in my pants. Yeah, there you mm. go. Yeah. Ooh, I've never seen nakedness on eBay before, and there's nakedness at the bottom of this link. What the hell is that all about? Hmm. NSFW. Wow. Samantha Sorry. Fox. Yeah, I used to have a poster with her. Is she still around? I don't know. She don't look like that. <laughs> yeah, she is still around. She does not. She is not quite that perky. I guarantee. She wasn't quite that perky then. Is it's she the one that got in trouble because it turned out that all her pornos, she was like 14 or 15 when she ran? No, that was Tracy, no, that was Tracy, Tracy Lord. Lord. Oh, yes. Whoops. Uh, well, Paul and I were quick on the porn trivia. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm big on controversy. One yeah. Of my, uh, one of my service brothers uh, that, I, that I roomed That's with. That's what you for call him? Yeah. Uh, 
he uh, his parents had, had a mom and pop video store and he actually had a VHS Tracy Lords tape that's probably worth or at, at least at that time was probably worth a fortune because it was one of the ones that they quickly yanked when they realized uh, <laughs> yeah, she was like choice four, of words. 14, yeah, I, I was just thinking that <laughs> when they realized that because uh, that that was a huge thing when that broke when that story broke and they they just quickly just yoinked. all the all the copies were just disappeared but he had one I don't know I have no idea what's what's become of it I, I have to ask him we recently reconnected via Facebook so I'll find out if he still has that are yeah, so you still peddling in child porn what are you doing what are you, <laughs> are you still a child pornographer well, he could get busted for that. <laughs> Be careful. Yeah, that's that, you know I hadn't thought about that. It's totally true, but yeah. <clears throat> anyway, yeah. How the hell do we come back from that now? Riddle. Next, what riddle? See, see you next week, everybody. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So after Thor says riddle, <laughs> riddle in. So we hear a riddle. What riddle? And over the over just out of nowhere in the middle of Saigon comes Steve Rogers as Nomad. Get the out of here. <laughs> hey, well, I was. He, was he says he was in the Pacific. He was. I was doing, in the Pacific. Fighting the serpent can you squad. be? Can you be more spe- more spe- Pacific there, Steve? I mean, though the Pacific's a pretty big place to just be happen to be. Hey, I'm by Vietnam, aren't you over here? Okay, right. right. Nomad, huh? Yeah, he just doesn't look that good here. He looks too happy. Maybe he's just you know, I'm so happy I'm not Captain America anymore. He was happy that he was not Captain America anymore for about an issue. And then he was done. It's like Iron Man's going to punch him. He wants to do a fist pump. <laughs> Actually, that looks... It's not even a thing. It, it, it's, the way his arm is positioned there, it actually looks kind of awkward. It almost looks like it should be the other arm. I don't know. Yeah, it's just really... It's, it's, it's weird. And then Hawkeye has to have his oh, hoo, 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 poor me. No, well, yeah, because he's like he's behind. Where the does that times, leave him behind the times? Boastly, man, how much exposition can we have there? You know, he's he's going on about you know all oh, this all the stuff about Manus, Wanda's studying witchcraft. Oh, where do I stand in this? Oh, moo hoo! Ah, let's go to Kang and Tut. Kang and Ramatut. Well, when I was a young man, I never thought I'd see people stand in line to see the boy king. Oh, sorry, go ahead. No, he's an Egyptian. So, uh, looks like Kang's getting ready to yank on Ramatut's beard as they're fighting there. And that's in the second panel. That hurts kind of. Oh, that it'd be awesome to do this as an audio book and put in that that Bugs Bunny song from when they're square dancing and they have them yank their beards. <laughs> I yank your beard, you you yank mine. Yeah, that was it. That's the one. Now into the broken fish for the trout.
trout, die right in and splash about. Trout, trout, pretty little trout. One more splash and come right out. Shake like a hound dog, shake again. Wallow around in the old pig pen. Oh, wallow some more, you all know how. Roll around like an old fat sow. Element left with your left hand. Follow through with the right and left brand. Now leave your partner the dirty old thing. Follow through with an elbow swing. Grab a fence post, hold it tight. Whomp your partner with all your mind. Hit him in the shin, hit him in the head. Hit him again, the critter ain't dead. Whop him low and whop him high. Stick your finger in his eye. Pretty little rhythm, pretty little sound. Bang your heads against the ground. Promenade all around the room. Promenade like a bride and groom. Open up the door and step right in. Close the door and into a spin. Whirl, whirl, twist and twirl. Jump all around like a flying squirrel. Now don't you cuss and don't you swear. Just come right out and form a square. Now right hand over left hand under. Both join hands and run like thunder. Over the hill and over the dale. Duck your head and lift your tail. Don't you stray and don't you roam. Turn around and promenade home. Corn in the crib and wait in the sack. Turn your partner, promenade back. Now bow to your partner and bow to the gent <laughs> across the hall. And that, that is, is all. <laughs> squirrel, squirrel, run around a squirrel, run around like a rabbit squirrel. I was like, grab a fence post, hold it tight, womp your partner with all your might. That was, like, <laughs> that was one of my favorites. <laughs> hit him low and hit him high, stick your finger in his in eye. His... <laughs> over the hill I remember and the, the episode hill. well, but I cannot remember the lyrics, so I'm impressed. <laughs> over the hill and over the dill. And he makes the guys, you know, the scary thing is, is there's probably half the audience laughing their asses off, and then there's half of them going, what the hell does this have to do with the Avengers? These but guys can't stay on topic you for anything. YouTube. What? You should go to YouTube and watch it if you can. You if you, if you I, I will find, I will put some clips in here. If not, it, yeah, it'll be in here. Russell, Bugs Bunny is a cartoon character. No, Russell's actually usually Russell's pretty good, good on, on, the, on the Bugs Bunny comments. He's good on those, yeah. Actually, he, to give to be fair, Russell is usually pretty good on old cartoons. Whenever we talk about old cartoons or old game shows, he usually does remember them. Okay, it's it's, it's movies and comics that he gets a little lost on. Yeah, I, I yeah, I'm 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 behind the times on what's allowed in Amish commune, so I have no idea what he's up on. Remember, he's sending, remember, he's sending us you know hidden messages about how his wife is keeping him captive. So. Right, <laughs> that's what it was. Desperate cries for help. Yeah, there you go. Help me. Help. Call the police. <laughs> <laughs> That's from a Ren and Stippy cartoon. <laughs> you ever see that? See, no, nah, all right. Let's not get on that. That was when the horse holds up the walrus and he's got a big suck. Anyway. <laughs> I was thinking of the horse saying, don't like it. No, sir. Don't like it one bit. Don't like it. Uh, yeah, when he jumps out of the out of, out of the window and he breaks his legs, he's like, ah, oh, oh yeah, God, the pain. Mr. Horse, how do you feel about that fall? Hmm, hmm, hmm. No, sir. Didn't like it. <laughs> Don't like it. And then he crawls away. <laughs> ah, 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 ah. Anyway, Kang and Amortis <laughs> are fighting, and oh, <laughs> not Amortis. Kang and Ramatut are fighting, and Ramatut gets. <laughs> Sucked out of the time sphere, and he goes unconscious, and then zip, zoom, 
Amortis transports both of them to his throne room where it looks like he, you know, he could have wore, he can't wear a full robe. It's a little disturbing. He's sitting there in that, uh, you know, throne. Oh, he's totally flashing him, too. <laughs> Welcome to my throne room. <laughs> now, can I ask a question that is potentially spoilery? Yes. Isn't Immortus both of these dudes? Maybe. Okay, that's what I thought. I am thoroughly... Yeah, but they don't know it yet. Well, Immortus knows it, but they don't know it. Well, if Immortus knows it, then why do we get privy to his his innermost secret thoughts where he's saying, maybe I can use this man and stuff. He's acting like they are separate people. So if he knows that, I mean, is is that all a retcon later on? No, I think it's some of that's resolved in this storyline. Okay. If I remember. Well, also, I had a question here. There's the footnote that says, uh, harken back to Avengers 10 for his only previous appearance. Is that right? So this is the first time we're seeing him in 121 issues? Yeah, apparently. Huh. See, I thought Immortus was a bigger deal. So this is his big... This is his big comeback, huh? This is his. Don't call it a comeback. His, uh, mm-hmm. Reunion tour here. Yeah, pretty much. going to knock you out. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm serious about that, though. I, I thought he was a bigger deal than this. Yeah, he gets well, big. He after kind this. of is, but he isn't yet. I gotcha. Okay. So this so, is him, him rising to to. I was going to say popularity, but you know, you know what I mean. Yeah, so Kang's getting all, you know, going the crazy, you know, because he's determined he's not going to be... Conquest, conquest, conquest! Conquest, conquest, conquest! Sunday, Sunday, Sunday! I guess Kang does the the (laughs) monster truck rally commercials. Sunday, Sunday, (laughs) Sunday. With the living undead. Grave digger. (laughs) Bigfoot. Frankenstein's monster, Midnight Wonder Man. <laughs> See the Legion of the Living. <laughs> and we have a small interlude uh, now back to, meanwhile, in Saigon. Uh, Hawkeye looks like he's talking to a skull on a, <laughs> on a little view screen, but it's Jarvis. I guess he's aged even more since the last time, but 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 no no no. Then we see it full screen next, and he's he's asking him if they've got a hold of uh, of uh, Captain Marvel, and the answer is no. And uh, he can't talk to Wanda because uh, they were you know Miss Harkness left strict orders that they were not to be disturbed. Bow 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 bow. And after that, then uh, this is where we have where. Mantis is, uh, you know, oh, I'm so, so This one is sorry I was hitting on you. Oh, that's okay. I have no feelings. <laughs> but thank you. Oh. Vision. What do you guess? And then we cut to cat, to Nomad again. It's like, you know, how long are you going to hang out here, Nomad? We're in Vietnam. We're going to get out of here. Yeah. And then... Also, Manus is being o- overlooked by. Isn't that like the? Uh, isn't that like the time guy from the Legion of Superheroes? 
You know what I'm t- talking about, Scott? Oh, Which, the time trapper, yeah. The time trapper. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you know what? You just solved a mystery for me. I was trying to think today who he reminded me of, and that's totally who he reminds me of, is the time trapper. You're absolutely right. Mm, yeah. yeah, I get it. He's like a cross between the time trapper and a Scooby-Doo villain, so yeah. <laughs> yes, we have a mysterious figure looking on, but as the synopsis gave it away, we'll find out later. It'll be Libra. Cuba Libra. But we won't say who he is exactly. Cobra Libra. <laughs> Cobra? Cobra Libra? Oh, Nacho Libra? Nacho Libre. Now I just pictured a wrestling match between Kang and Ramatut with a mortise as a referee. Ramatut's coming off the top Cap rope. Bat in the face. Who? Kang? No. Cap on page page Cap. eleven, the the next to last panel there. He's kind of kind of fat in the face, isn't he? That's square. He's good living. <laughs> yes, he is a square. Good living is as... it's like hi fi. It's not that I don't like this outfit, but I it don't like this needs outfit. some refinement. <laughs> well, this is this is like the you know the nineteen eighties George Perez Nightwing outfit. You know, I, I was just going to say the exact same. Yeah, but even that yeah. one wasn't open from his neck all the way to his groin. Oh, yes, yes it, it was. Was it? Oh, oh I guess it's been yes, a while since I looked at it. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it was. Eventually, they refined it and fixed it. But the way mm. Perez first drew it, 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 the whole chest was open. Well, right down to the belly button. Yeah, every time Corey Underwood say something about uh, about Dick, I'm like, yeah, you're just just about. <laughs> <laughs> You should draw, draw like a costume like that, and then have the guy have like a beard gut. Hey, watch it! I could wear that nomad outfit. You have a do gut. You don't have a beard gut. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I'm going as. That's what I'm going at for, for Halloween. I'm going as nomad. <laughs> nomad. No, nomad. <laughs> I'm going to be the pro from Star Trek. <laughs> seeking out James Roy Kirk. Yeah, maybe he can help me lose weight. The creator. Error. <laughs> so we find uh, um, back in um, Limbo, Kang is still going on. See, because time, okay, 13 minutes have passed in Saigon while five hours have died in Limbo. Do you think, <laughs> that, song, have, do you think that song plays in Limbo? What? It's on a constant loop. Maybe time has no meaning there. Time Syndicate was so pissed off about. They had to listen to that song for 30 years. All around the limbo world. Everybody. Limbo Loa now. How low can you go? For oh some reason, God. I You're I picture the girl from e, you know the girl from Ipanipa playing in Limbo it's where you just Ipanema Ipanema whatever it's not Ipanipa Ipanipa <laughs> it's, it's, it's our it's our <laughs> we're experiencing <laughs> operating <laughs> difficulty song you should know the name of it whatever the girl from Upalupa there you go Ipanipa <laughs> how could a guy so know so much about music and know so little at the same time. <sighs> It's pronunciation that gets me every time. Pronouncing anything. Pronunciation. <laughs> Pronouncing. Pronunciation. Yeah, Scott. Pronunciation. <laughs> I don't know if anybody's going to have fun listening to this, but I'm having fun recording it. <laughs> Remember. Uh, I would hate to see me in a national spelling bee. 
Can you use the word in a sentence, please? The word is radiation. Radiation? I just want to rub that part of Star Trek 2 now. Sir, I've had to take my means off the line. It's pronunciation. No, I'm just, I'm just picturing now Bill's, Bill's uh, spelling bee. The word, the word is radiation. Okay, could you use that in a sentence? Sure. It's radiation. Go ahead, spell it. <laughs> I'm sorry, could you pronunciate that, please? <laughs> no, I mean, use it in a real sense. That is a sentence. <laughs> Look at what, 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 uh, What's the word origin? Star Trek 2. <laughs> Star oh, <okay>. Trek 2. <laughs> I'm going to quote some scripture at you. <laughs> you, you need to listen back to uh, the episode of Listen to the Prophets where... Bill made Andy do it that way for every time it came up in a synopsis. <laughs> what was that when O'Brien was getting blasted with, with yes. radiation? And, and, and Andy goes, with radiation? I go, no, 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 no. You said that wrong. He's like, what, what, what? what? I go, radiation. <laughs> so, so then in editing, every time the word radiation came up, I had Bill's pronunciation in there. Oh, that's funny. When the temporal Which... radiation... <laughs> For, for anybody interested, that would be episode, where is it? Oh, that's after that. This oh. is going to be fascinating to listen to. I've got tears <laughs> in my eyes. <laughs> uh, we're almost to the book, folks. Radiation. Uh, I don't know. It was, it was an episode. Yeah, it was <laughs> so, an episode. Okay. So, what, so, what, what goes on next in this book? So Kang is still raving, raving here. Bring the Avengers to their knees! For five hours, <laughs> talking about his plans. And we get a little flashback where, uh, oh, yes, I remember Immortus when we were way back, when we were both, uh, you know, fighting the Avengers ourselves. And then the Enchantress wiped the events from the sands of time in, in Avengers 8 and 11. So it has been quite a while. Not for Kang, but at least for Mr. Immortus. But uh, so now Kang's like, oh, I have no, the, the death of my future self will not harm me. So he wants to kill his future self. What a, what a, what a jerk. I don't have so the anyway. song Limbo in my, I thought that was on the Dr. No soundtrack. No, the that's Three Blind, blind Mice. Mice. Three blind mice in a row. Three blind mice. Here we there go. Oh, God, stop it. That's from Doctor No. Yeah, that would be that would be Kang Amortis. That would be Kang Amortis and Ramatut. Three blind mice in limbo. Amortis <laughs> <laughs> put them in the trap, but Kang he winded up. Whatever. Anyway, Kang now decides we'll have an intuit. Will any time traveler will immediately understand its operation? But tell me, what do you propose to do? I'm thinking, well, shouldn't you know, buddy, since the whatever. Yeah, Scott, you do have a point. So I, I think that the, the whole thing is that Mortis is being coy in that he is just, he knows how it's all going to play out. So I believe we'll find out that he let Kang capture him at the end of this. We'll, we'll okay. find out about that right. later. So Kang summons his Legion of the Unliving, first beginning with uh, the Frankenstein's monster. For, and it's nice because they actually date the years. 
from eight coming in from 1898 Frankenstein's monster yeah, <laughs> it is it's every, every one of them gets like the uh, the variety variety show special <laughs> intro here I love it <laughs> a man whose powers were carefully created to equal those of the original Avengers themselves a man whose brain patterns were used after his death as the <laughs> basis for the visions computer mind a man who needs no further introduction from <laughs> the year 1964 <laughs> Wonder Man I'm picturing the running man right now <laughs> what I'm picturing running man right now <laughs> a being who can th- who can Threaten it. Okay, so I must select a second menace to hurl against him, Division. A being. Yeah, he's going to hurl on him. Who can threaten his android body as Wonder Man can threaten his artificial mind from the year 1954, the original Human Torch. Why that year? I guess that's when he disappeared. Uh, okay. And no face. Yeah, yeah, I was noticing that. It's actually a really good picture. I like that. No, I like the way I like the way the edges of his body, with some exceptions, kind of are a little undefined. Right, which kind of lends itself to the idea that he's on fire, and you don't, you know, you're not seeing a clean edge. Right. And now Kang's going a little uh, batshit crazy. But I need more warriors. More. <laughs> well, okay, so he pulls. Mid, most of these guys he's pulling from way back in time. This one he pulls from last year. <laughs> yeah. what, so what's the deal with that? Was Did Midnight die in Master um, of Kung Fu? Uh, yeah, well, they died. all died. Uh, I'm guessing that Midnight... Well, might, I'm guessing that issue of are... Master of Kung Fu may have been written by Engelhardt, is my guess. Yeah, So probably. if... I don't know. I mean, granted, as you say, all these guys are dead. But this... This makes this guy seem like kind of the chump. You know what I mean? Well, but I also nope, think it's an idea of, of getting a martial arts guy for, for, to right, fight Mantis. Because, yeah, because he says, though all the Avengers must die, Mantis must be taken without harm so that she may marry me and make me ruler of the universe. It still <laughs> makes no sense. No, it does not make any sense. Because it's your child that will be the will be whatever, you moron. Thus I choose. So I'm taking it that he died at the hands of Shang Chi. So who's the greater martial artist, Shang Chi or Mantis? Well, oh, Shang Chi's got to be a better martial artist. I think he's the Marvel best martial artist. Right. So you would think, well, why wouldn't he just take Shang Chi? But he's, he's got to take the, the master of the martial arts. Is that is that what I'm? Or he's the master. Midnight Sun. Midnight Sun is a fictional character, a former supervillain in Marvel Comics universe. He first appeared in Marvel Special Edition number 16, Ooh. February 1974. Who are we talking and was about? Created Midnight. Oh. Although he apparently goes by the name Midnight Sun now. Created by Steve Englehart, Jim Starlin, and Al Milgram. Hmm. Okay. A man whose mastery of the martial arts was ended in its prime from the year 1973. Midnight. After any and his theme song is After Midnight. After midnight, <laughs> after midnight. He was apparently revived by the Cree eventually to, f- to fight the Silver Surfer. Those pesky Cree. With his cosmic foo. Cree, Cree. <laughs> Cree, Cree. Now, two more to increase and, and diversify the odds. Uh, that's what you get for diversity. First, the ultimate object of terror. <laughs> Send all your hate mail to Dr. Bill Robinson, care of... <laughs> A creature who already comes from beyond the grave. What? No. 
I call from the year 1969, the ghost. <laughs> we uh, we covered that Silver Surfer issue. Hmm. When? Uh, you keep going. I'll look it up. Okay. So yeah, who could who could forget Silver Surfer number eight and nine? I had to use if I ever glasses. read them, I totally forgot them because this is one effed up looking dude right here. I think you were not on that issue. I think it was just Bill and I. Talk about uh, your Scooby Doo looking villains. Do, 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 do. And finally, the man with whom you allied yourself. The man that needs no introduction. The man with his washcloth stuck to his head. Baron. Covered in Back to the Bins number 258. Horror oh, really? Week, Horror Week number four, Ghosts. Oh, well, I guess we did. You was I on that, that one? I don't think no, I was on that one. you did not make that one for some reason. The greatest scientist of Hitler's Reich, but how come we don't have a year of when he died? Baron Zemo! I noticed Zemo. that, yeah. I noticed that they do not have... Uh, they do and then not he's, for him. Then he's become the Count from uh, from Sesame Street. There are six, six beings! <laughs> six, <laughs> six beings! <laughs> Each with his own peculiar powers. And each ready to destroy the Avengers at my command. Just as our foes find strength in union, so shall we with the Legion of the Diversity fight. Oh, this of the, book of should have come with a sound chip. Where on certain panels, where you push the button and it makes sound effects. Because yeah, that that panel of the Legion of the Unliving really needs to be accompanied by the sound effect right there. Because <laughs> we're just moaning. <laughs> Brains. <laughs> Look at look at the what the hell's his name? The pirate or the what's his name? The ghost, yeah. Man, that is one's that's the sorriest bowl cut I've ever seen in my whole life. Frankenstein's monster has better hair than a ghost. Look at that, he's got a nice part and everything. (laughs) It's nicely quaffed for a dead guy. He's he's almost got a spit curl at the top there, you know. Me when watching Superman. <laughs> so anyway, back in Saigon, all unaware, of course, of these sinister machinations. Iron Man. I need oh my God! Help. I love this scene. <laughs> Iron Man, I need some help. Uh, Iron Man, your employer, Tony Stark, is uh, is a renowned playboy, st- standing at his side all these years. Uh, you, you must have learned. You must have learned much regarding matters of the heart. You see, I love Wanda, but of late I find Mantis' presence distracting or distress. The idea that she may soon bone me, what well may be leaving us these things tug at my emotion and my thoughts. Right. Uh, so, so you know how you know how sometimes you you know sometimes you read these books and like you just kind of skim through it and you want to see if like you can get the whole story without reading the words just from the pictures. Mm-hmm. Right. If I did that here, I would think that uh, Vision was going to Tony Stark to try and get a condom. <laughs> after after Mantis hit on him. <laughs> Look, Vision, I'm, I'm fresh out, see? He's got his hand up and said, uh, you know, I wish I had some, but uh, uh, I don't have your size. <laughs> <laughs> would be made out of tinfoil. There we go. I Love just because he because Tony wants no part of this whatsoever. <laughs> I'm not sure I should get involved in this. And you then later, this is like, oh gee, I'm sorry, I won't broach it again. <laughs> Iron Man, just, yeah, thanks. <laughs> like, 
No. And thus, thus, this is where Tony Stark began his road to alcoholism. <laughs> God, I need a drink after that. Well, he's thinking if, if Vision gets all these women, what the heck? What am I doing wrong? He's got two <laughs> women exactly. looking out, looking for him. And then Manus across the uh, across the way sees sees a figure of the swordsman, but he's he looks kind of like a ghost. He's all in green. And he looks at her, and he looks pissed. So she races off, and poof, when she gets there, he's gone. And we cut back again to Limbo, to where Kang is just going on and on again still. <laughs> and he turns, da-da-da, on a mortis. And like I said earlier, completes his collection. Now I have two versions of my... Well, he doesn't know, but I have two time-traveling people in my collection. Ah, do, do, I tell you. <laughs> Hawkeye again talks to a skull. Now he looks even more like a skull in that picture, doesn't he? Looks like he's talking to a skeleton. But it's Jarvis saying, nope, nope, <laughs> you haven't got, I haven't heard back from Captain Marvel. Oh, yeah, this is where he says he hasn't heard back from Captain Marvel. What's up with Captain Marvel? Oh, they were trying to contact him about the Creed to see if he knew No, anything. I know that, but, I mean, what's up with Captain Marvel? I right? think this is when the whole the... Thanos thing was going on. Oh, uh, okay. Mm -hmm. So he was he was off Earth and on Titan, I believe. That's going to be a hell of a uh, And also, and Jarvis gives them the lowdown. Uh, hey, the Serpent Squad has been sighted in Los Angeles. Oh, Nomad, out, got to go. <laughs> so Serpents. Why has it got to be Serpents. <laughs> That's just my pet snake, Reggie. <laughs> That's my pet snake, Diamondback. Ooh. Steve likes that snake. Diamondback, never mind. So then as uh, Steve goes away, they all stand there looking at each other. So what do we do now? Kazap. That's the sound effect. K-Z-A-P. Kazap. I don't remember Cap being this perky in his own book, though, during the Nomad thing. I thought he was still, like, seriously down about everything that had happened. Wasn't he? Or am I misremembering that? Well, I I mean, it's been a little while since I read that part of the arc. I think he was really down. He gave up being Captain America. And I think when Hawkeye convinced him to take on a new identity, he was kind of upbeat. He kind of rebounded? Un okay. Until the uh, Red Skull started uh, slaughtering everybody who had a Captain America costume in right. his place. <laughs> that kind of brought him back down again. Right. I think we covered that issue as well. The one when he comes back from being Nomad. Uh, mm. I think so. Is that the same one that has Dead Cap chained to a chimney on the cover? Yep. Yeah. 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 So after the big kazap, we have a uh, shot of a castle. Well, that's what it is. It's the big kazap. It is. Have fun storming the castle. Kazap. How is Thor taken out by electricity when he's the god of thunder? I don't How think it's electricity per se. It, it's a transportation ray that, oh, that blows off the side of the castle on its way in because that's what it does in the picture. Whoops. Uh, overshot that a little. So they suddenly find themselves appear uh, in different places uh, in the bottom of Limbo's castle in the in the labyrinth. Iron Man appears with a rat. <laughs> you rat. Maybe that's master. David Bowie as the as the goblin rat, or the goblin king rat. No, anyway. 
it's a labyrinth joke there. And I'll save that for the next issue when we're actually in a labyrinth. So they're all in there, and each, of course, has to soliloquy. Uh, What's Vision saying? Is this the final act in Mantis transformation? Have we been brought into presence of some higher being for some celestial drama? (laughs) Funny joke. Or is there some more subtle and sinister hand behind our teleportation? I believe the latter. Who's he talking to? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have, for that matter, who's Iron Man talking to? Right, yeah. I mean, Thor's the, Thor, well, Thor's the only one that is, you know, like if I suddenly got teleported. He's yeah, he's like, Odin's blood. That's like Asgardian for what the? <laughs> Son of a... <laughs> Son of an Odin. Yeah, because Iron Man, somebody thinks he's playing games, but they'll find the Avengers tend to make their own rules, and he stands there quietly. Drip, drip, while the mouse goes... (laughs) That's right, Iron Man, you tell him. And then we have (laughs) Hawkeye and Mantis, of course, poof, poof, they have to pop up and talk to themselves, too. What? (laughs) Third panel, last page, look at Iron Man. Where will you be when your when your diarrhea comes back? <laughs> <laughs> look at that look on his face. He's like, oh. <laughs> I think Mantis is thinking the same thing. Ooh. The Kang must re- must re- represent diarrhea because he's like, <laughs> everybody else is thinking about what's going on with Kang. Vision is looking at Mantis, saying, "Yeah, I could get that." <laughs> Uh, hear me avengers you have defied my will for the final time here lost and alone in the labyrinth of limbo you will die at my direction at the hands of the most relentless terrors you have ever faced okay yeah gotcha wow frankenstein's monster has some dur face going on right there Followed by the ghost. He does have a nicely quaffed do, though. <laughs> and a next, cool vest. And a cool next vest. month. <laughs> he gets all the chicks with that vest. Next month, another two part triple length triumph. Triumph. See, it's a word triumph. I can't pronounce. Avengers 132 and Giant Size Avengers number three. Don't miss them. Okay, if you say so. Now that's going to be interesting because the first book I ever covered on Back to the Bins was Giant Size Avengers number three. Oh, good. We don't have to do it then. Yay. It's a no. good book, though. We can cover it. <laughs> do we want to cover both? Good... Or are we just going to. Well, I guess we'll wait till we get there. See how things go that night. So. Man, that's all we got for the book. There's a Marvel value stamp in here of, a, of the Super Scroll. Cut it out. Save it. Mm, yes. For this for this issue, clip them and collect them and ruin the value of the book. <laughs> I uh, uh, I don't have the It doesn't ads. ruin the value because most people won't see that it's missing because it'll be bagged and boarded. That's right. They'll never That's know. Very, yeah, that is very true. So as I, I, I've been cataloging my Avengers books, and I, I meant to mention this before we got started, because um, you know I'm missing number two. 
Who does number two work for? But I'm also missing, it looks like I'm missing annuals 1, 5, and 19. Now, I know I pretty much have 19 somewhere. I just, it's been misplaced. So I've got to dig and start through the rest of my collection. And I also seem to be missing some West Coast Avengers annuals, too, because I know there's more than just two of them. Um, but number five is, I think, a reprint of something. It as is. is number, number yeah, one. Think... Number five is a reprint of, like, Giant Size 1, I think. And No, I annual... think number five is a reprint of of annual number one, because Giant one, Size yeah. number one didn't come out till later. Yeah, yeah. so that's that's the only – and the annuals the, uh, I seem to be missing is 1, 5, and 19. And 19 is, like, the terminus factor. Yeah, I was just going to say, unless something has happened to suddenly make this book jump, that one should be easy to track down in, like, the cheap bins, because it's part five of five of the Terminus Factor. But I'm positive I have it, because I think I had all of them, and I I don't know why it's just just not in with the others. Which which number is it? 19. You know, if somebody had asked me who did the cover on that, I'd have lost money, because I'd have said it was uh, Walt Simonson, because it sure as hell does look like him, but it's actually a Tom Morgan cover on that, believe it or not. Hmm. Unless it's Morgan inking Simonson, or the other way around, but it sure as hell looks like Simonson to me. It's a good-looking cover. I don't remember Terminus having four arms, though. Did he have four arms? Uh, I don't know. Terminus kind of changed a little bit. Oh, okay. He does on these. You've changed, times. man. You've changed. You've changed, Terminus. All right. I really so. like how Quasar looks on that cover. That is a really cool outfit. Because I just read a comic the other day with uh, with Quasar in it. Where man, did he? Oh, what was it? Oh, it was uh, one bad outfit. It was yeah. It was a bad outfit. It was uh, one of the issues of Infinity Gauntlet where he changed his costume. And man, was it a shitty outfit. I mean, re- I mean even George Perez couldn't save it. It was really bad. <laughs> even Perez can't save you now. But I but I like this one on the cover of uh, Avengers. Probably Animal. he did have four arms because there's... Uh, I pulled up images for the book and further over, there's a shot of him above a cityscape and he's got four arms. Okay. You said one, one five, and 19? Yeah. And 19's the only one I have. Those. I don't have one or five, but yeah, I'm I'm pretty sure one. that five is a reprint of one. I have one. Five. Let me see. Avengers Annual five images. I have is one. Cool. Oh, my I Avengers special number one. See, I'm missing that one. I'm missing, and that looks like it was a reprint with Spider Man when Spider Man first met met the team. And then the Looking Avengers one. Mike's is, Amazing World right now to see. The Avengers 5 is like a reprint, I think, of Giant Size Avengers 5. Oh, let's see here. Mighty, it says Mighty Avengers. This is special number 5. Reprints Kang the Conqueror from Avengers number 8 and the Mighty Avengers meet Spider-Man from Avengers... Wait a minute. Is this... No, it says Avengers annual number 5. Oh, okay. okay. Maybe oh, I, I must be thinking okay. of a different one then. Then what? What the hell one am I thinking of? I'm thinking of the one that reprints Annual One. Yeah, that's which one is that? An- that's annual gi- Five. Okay, that's Giant Size Avengers Number Five. Oh, okay. is where that was printed. Okay, which so I have. Which I have Giant Size Five. Okay. Yeah. So they're two different things. Avengers Annual Five and Giant Size Avengers Number Five are two completely different. Books. So I guess it's it's I, the it's I, the Number One I'm missing, which is the. The reprint, which what Giant Five, Giant Size Five, is a reprint of. Right. Yeah. Yep. But actual Avengers number five has, it has that. I, I never liked this cover. 
it's uh, the cover that has a very large Spider-Man and he's got tinier Avengers all trapped in a web and it says along came a Spider-Man. If I remember right, it's not actually Spider-Man. It's actually like an android that Kang created or some shit. Mm-hmm. And the two stories that are in there are actually reprints. So that entire book is a reprint. There's there's no original, unless there's maybe like pinups or something. But as far as story content goes, there are no original stories in that book. It's it's two stories, one from Avengers eight and one from what I say eleven, Avengers eleven. So yeah, I'm, no, I'm pretty sure you're accurate on that. Yeah, well, I mean, I'm I'm getting all this off of, of off of Mike's Amazing World, so I had to cheat. I could not remember because I I thought for sure that Avengers five was, uh, I mean, Annual five was a reprint of Annual one, and I was dead wrong. Yeah, yeah, that's it. So I'm missing that. Yeah, I'm missing Annual five, which with Spider Man, and the other one that has the Mandarin on the cover. Uh, but then Giant Size Avengers 5 is a reprint of Annual 1. Yeah. So, so that means that in your collection, then you you have like the one with Spider-Man on the cover then. You know, what is that, a number 8? No, yeah, I have the actual issue. Kang. That one's number 11 then. Wow, yeah, I, I, that's pretty cool. I, I, I have the issue proper, just not the... Uh, See the original. I'm looking at the, the picture of the original one right here from Avengers 11. And that's not bad with the with the like. It has like a lime green background and nice lighting and everything. It looks really good, but the reprinting of it on the cover of Avengers Annual Number Five is just wow. It's mm-hmm. they they recolored it and it's crap. I don't know if they recolored it or if they kind of recreated it. Maybe recreated because the line the line work looks much thicker on it. Yeah. And and it loses something for that thickness. Well, let's see. This and the coloring, is... I agree. The coloring is is much worse on the second on the re- reprint. Yeah, I don't have the two images side by side, but I think you're. Well, it's still credited as being Jack Kirby and Chick Stone, but yeah, some something's definitely different between the two of them. Yeah, but I do. I like the original one now that I'm looking at it, but I don't like the recreation or the or whatever it is the reprinting of it for the. Animal. <laughs> Anyway, right. I don't know. Anyway, what did you guys think of this issue overall? Because I, I have to say, I mean, I, I it's not that I disliked it, but this, it, I mean, if this was the modern era, I would say this was padding out for the trade. I mean, because not a whole lot really happens in this that couldn't have been crammed in, you know. Not a whole lot happens, chapter. but there's a shit ton of exposition in here. Oh, yeah, there is. So why don't we, why don't we rate it? Yeah, go ahead. All right, all right. Uh, the cover. Mm, we talked about that a little bit before. The Avengers in the foreground look pretty good. The figures in the background look good, but they're just not scaled right. Yeah, the proportions it's, are all screwy. But you know, uh, so I think I'm gonna. And plus, you know, like you said, the torch's face actually has a face, which is incorrect. So right. I'm going to have to give the cover a B. Um, interior. I like the interiors. They're not. There's. What. I, I think what's different compared to. A couple of the issues past. Like I think 129. Like we didn't have a lot in the background. A lot of the backgrounds were left empty. At least here there's like trees. There's some buildings. Machinery when they're in limbo, there's machinery behind everybody. Now, granted, when some of the, the you know the Legion of the Unliving pops out, it there's like just I guess fanfare, whatever rays of light coming behind them in some of the shots. 
but it looks like they're trying to beef up the detail a little bit more. Um, so I'm going to give the artwork a B as well. In the story, although not much happens, it's still a lot of repetition with, you know, I mean, we're just kind of reiterating the stuff that's been talked about in the past few issues. So I'm going to give it a, a, a C plus because we don't really learn anything. It's like, like you said, it's kind of filler. So I guess overall that's going to be like a B minus on this one for me. Okay. Hey, um, on the cover, I mean, I like me some Gil Kane. I like me some Frankenstein monster. Uh, overall, every individual drawing looks good. I don't have a problem with any one of the drawings, except for, as you point out, that the Human Torch is off-model. The lack of scale bothers me, but it doesn't take away from the overall effect of the cover, as far as I'm concerned. So I'm going to give it... I'm going to say a B-plus, even though it's got the scale problems, because I just like it. I like every image in it, and it it made me want to pick it up then. It would make me want to pick it up now. Uh, The interior art... I I really like this. I think the artwork inside is really solid. I think the storytelling is good. Like I said, you don't even need to read it to know that uh, Iron Man's asking for, uh, Vision is asking Iron Man for a condom in that shot. <laughs> yeah. um, so I'm gonna so I'm gonna go with a B plus on the interior art, and story wise, like you said, is it there's not a lot of movement, but there's a lot of things going on just the same. Uh, it's like a lot going on, but they're standing in place waiting for the next issue to come. But I think the setup is really solid, and I think, you know, as you end this issue, you're really looking forward to seeing the next issue when the Avengers face off against this group. Uh, as a new reader, or a relatively new reader at the time this came out, I remember being intrigued by these characters, you know, the Ghost and Midnight, uh, for that matter, even Wonder Man. I kind of, you know, I knew... Frankenstein's monster. I knew of Zemo because there were reprints out there that I had seen, and I knew of the original Human Torch. Although I still found it to be kind of cool that he was being resurrected for this story. <clears throat> so, I you know I thought it was really good setup, and I enjoyed it. So I'm going to go with a B on the story, and overall I'm going to give the book a B plus because I really enjoyed it. Cool. Um, cover on this one for me, I I really like how the Avengers look in the foreground. It's just the background image that bugs me with the different proportions and everything. The R overall looks pretty good. It's it's just the overall setup of the cover that it just I don't know it just doesn't work for me somehow. Um, I really do love how uh, Thor and the Vision look, though. So I'm going to go right middle of the road. I'm going to go with C on it. Um, I I don't love it, but I don't hate it either. I mean, there's a lot of it that works, but there's just a lot of it that's kind of distracting. Um, Interior art, um, I don't know. I I hate to disagree with you, Paul, but I I think the art took a serious step down here. I really like... Uh, Joe Staten, and the first couple of pages start off strong, and then something happens, and I get the feeling that maybe some of this was rushed or something because it's very inconsistent. It's it's light and then it's dark as far as the inking and the and the thickness of line. It's you know it's very well defined and then it's very ill defined. It, it kind of jumps all over the place. And that last page in particular looks really really rushed, almost to a point that uh, it's not even the same artist as earlier in the book. It, it just it 
it really looks weird to me, especially the last panel looks incredibly amateurish to me and, and very rushed. So I, I'm not sure what was going on with the art in this one. Um, there's a lot of it I like, but there's a lot of it that just doesn't quite work for me either. So uh, art-wise on this one, I, I think I'm actually going to go, uh, again, I think I'll go a C on this. I'm tempted to go a C-, minus, but I, I don't think it's that bad. So I'm just going to go a middle-of-the-road C. A lot of room for improvement. Um, and the story, I mean... It you know for for the comics of this era I mean it, it's it, I think it is a, a step above it had a lot of action it had a lot of cool stuff going on but overall it didn't really progress the story much other than introducing the threat that we will see in the next issue so it's a bit of a cheat in that aspect um, but overall I mean as far as the, as the writing goes I mean it it was good it just didn't necessarily progress the story very much for one full issue. Um, so kind of minor points off for that. So I would say overall, uh, like a B minus, um, on the writing. So overall, I, I think I'm going to come out with a, uh, like a, a C plus for the overall grade on the book. So a little bit better than average. All right. Paul, what do you do? Banging your head against the desk? <laughs> well, once, whenever Scott disagrees with me, you know, <laughs> lovely dovey bonk bonk. Bonk, bonk on the head. Bonk on the head. Disagree with Paul. <laughs> well, I guess that's it for tonight. Uh, today, tomorrow, whenever you're listening. Oh, wait, 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 wait. Do we want to cover an email? We got one, don't we? We have one email. Would you like to do the one email since it's the one thing you're going to do tonight? Is that me or Scott you're asking? Well, I believe you were the email reader this time around. I don't have the email pulled up. It's not in my contract, <laughs> but I'll read it. Do, you, do you, either of you guys have the next issue handy by any chance? Yeah, uh, I can look at maybe. it. Maybe. I believe right? the reading order says it's 130. Hold on, I'll check the reading order. I got it. Well, the reading order says 132. Right. Is the next one. Who the hell is that in the bottom left-hand corner of the cover? Is that supposed to be Mantis? Mantis. Yeah. Because um, that looks like more like Princess Projector from the Legion of Superheroes to me. It's Mantis. She has white hair. No, she doesn't. She does too. Not in the co copy I have, but mine's a reprint, so it may have been oh, recolored. Oh, I bet it's been recolored. Mine's been recolored because oh. it's from the the one I have it here is from be, yeah because we may mention before that 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 the coloring's different in mine. Is the monster white then on yours? No, the monster's got he's got black hair, he's got a brown vest, he's got a green shirt. I mean his skin yeah. tone though. Man, no, no, it's, it's he's got he's pink. got some skin, some pinkish. Yeah. Paul, are you looking at uh, at the original? An original copy I'm of looking at it on, I'm looking at a copy of the cover online. Yeah, down do you see what's supposed to be Mantis there? Yeah. Does she look like Mantis to you? Yeah. Oh, okay. Except she doesn't have like the skirt thing. Yeah, yeah they left something right. out. That... You know, she's got that that skirt normally with the right. yellow and green. Yeah, it's not drawn. There. That's that's she doesn't have that on. She just has like kind of the bodysuit on instead. Right. Like the almost like the one piece bathing suit. I don't know. Maybe I don't have an original copy. The one I'm looking at, she has white hair on the cover. She looks like Princess Projectra. But anyway, I was just wondering about that. Also, the torch has face again, too, but we can talk about the cover next time. 
next time in an all new. <laughs> okay, so we have one piece of email, and it's titled Giant Size Avengers Number 2, Celestial Madonna, Part 2, from Kirk Greenfield. Hey, Binzers. Just finished listening to the latest Avengers Spotlight, and since you were begging for email, I thought I'd dash off a few thoughts. First, who does that corny voice announcing that it's Avengers Spotlight? <laughs> In the open. The music is so majestic, but that imitation toy trumpet and voice just slay me every time. That is our good friend, Professor Allen. And that is not a trumpet. Second. It's a squealing tire. Second, I had not realized that the original book had a reprint of Fantastic Four 19 with their only encounter with Rama Tut. Paul had guessed it might have been issue 22, but that's the return of the Mole Man and the first appearance of Sue Storm's force fields. I know, because I had number 22 as a kid. I, it was always difficult to find a reprint of that story due to various publication reasons in the 1960s. Third, my interpretation of the swordsman's leaping forward to intercept the blast meant for Mantis is more charitable than yours. Yes, he was moving to defend her, and yes, I think he saw his death approaching as the skull in his pupil showed. Fourth, this is the same gun that just blew away Ramatut's trench coat only a page or two earlier, but here it not only shreds Swordsman's costume for the first time, but also also mortally wounds him. Why didn't it do that to Ramatut? Science! Well, who knows? Maybe Kang changed the settings. No, you could just He moved say, it up from stun. He moved it up from jacket ripping. Why? Because Rama Tut knew Kang was going to shoot him because Rama Tut's the future Kang, so he had something in his clothes to prevent it. Whatever. Something. There you go. There you go. No price. Yeah. You're overlooking something important about this issue and the reveal of the Celestial Madonna. Kang said last issue that her mate would be the most powerful man on Earth, and he wanted to be that man. But it's pretty clear from this installment that she feels her mate is and was and should have been Swordsman. Did he ever get a real-life name? I think he did, but I don't remember what it is. Mm -hmm. Yet he doesn't appear the most powerful man on Earth. Spoilers. There's a second interpretation that it was never Mantis, but actually Wanda, that is the Celestial Madonna, as she will wed Vision and give birth to two kids who will rule the universe, as told in Avengers Forever. Plus, we get some more motivation from Immortus on why he keeps lying and distracting the Avengers from this truth every time Immortus appears. Maybe we should do Avengers Forever next. Maybe. That's a long one. Fourth, and this is this is uh, Kirk's first, second fourth point. <laughs> Fourth squared. Uh, you glossed over the fact that each time Swordsman appears in the last issue, and especially this one, he is the only one saying or thinking Avengers Assemble. He is the only one leading the charge. He is the only one rallying the troops. It is clear that this issue is his journey from despair to building the team and rallying them to a victory over Kang. They, that progress should not be overlooked, as I think that was the major theme Engelhardt had intended in the structure of this issue. It was his dogged insistence that they continue fighting that brought victory to the Avengers in the end. And yes, Scott, I don't like the character of Swordsman in the Avengers. I never cared for him. thought he was a lame villain who could only slash with the sword of his, and yet he never harms or cuts anyone. Would like to have seen a duel between him and the Black Knight sometime, as they both have blades for a sword fight to end all sword fights. Never cared for Mantis either, and you're quite correct that Engelhart drags her com- company, drags her from company to company as he moves, cleverly stating that she comes from a place she da- that she dares not speak. 
I would love to see an Avengers spotlight hitting Avengers 19 and 20 and the first two-part appearance of the Swordsman now that he's dead. But don't want to delay the, the forward momentum of the Celestial Madonna storyline through the next eight installments either. Kirk Greenfield, co-host of the Imperious Rex Confessions of a Serial Surface Invader podcast. Thank you for that email, Kirk. Yes, thank you. Well, I think, did we answer all the questions along the way? I think so. Uh, I think you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I think Kirk makes some yeah. good points. I think you know he he interprets some of what's going on in there, uh, and I don't necessarily think incorrectly. I think he kind of hits it, especially when he talks about the swordsman's kind of his story arc ending with him being the impetus behind them reaching victory here, which is kind of a, a better way because we you know we kind of concluded that he went out in kind of a lame fashion, so. Uh, I, 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 not that our interpretation is necessarily wrong. I just kind of like Kirk's interpretation better yeah. because it, it makes for a more heroic storyline. Yep. Mm-hmm. Well, sure. <laughs> so I guess that's it. Till next time. Next time, as we steal Andy Leyland's shtick. Well, I don't think he has anything in his contract that says we can't. <laughs> He's It'll under Avengers. Slave it, slave it to to uh, to Monzacor. Any I- intellectual properties thought of by Andrew Leyland? One Andrew Leyland are property of said property, Dufo, yeah. Dufo de There you go. In perpetuity, ad finitum, etc., etc. It's the same sucker deal, y'all. There son. it is, in black and white. Come on, what movie am I doing? I know it, but I can't remember. It's when he's yelling at Charlie. What? When he's yelling at Charlie. You get nothing. Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. Oh, God. Oh, that, that explains why I don't remember it. I can't oh, it. oh, you. What? I, t- I, thought it's... I like certain <laughs> portions of it. Yeah, I like none of it. I like when they actually get into the factory and start doing. See, this is why we're friends, Paul. You're you're the first person I I know besides myself that really detests that movie. Oh, I absolutely do. I, I I saw nothing positive it in it. Honestly. The hell out of me. I just I watched it and I said, "Why the hell do people think this is a great movie? This thing sucks." I like when Gene Wilder sings a song <laughs> when they first go in there. We are we are. You know what I liked? I liked when I thought Gene Wilder. Right I, I like when when I thought that Willy Wonka got killed. <laughs> but he didn't get killed. He got better. Uh, well, in my in in my in my hopes, he did. <sighs> anyway, goodbye, everyone. Goodbye, you Willy Wonka haters. You <laughs> so long. Bye bye. Farewell, Epitazine. So long, farewell, Edvita. Saying goodbye. <laughs> oh, now you don't like the sound of music, do you? Uh, I, I'm ambivalent. Yeah. I, I watch honestly. it every. Co- not not a huge favorite, but I don't dislike. I watch it. Maybe I have a grudging years. respect for it just because it was directed by Robert Wise, who also directed The Day of the Earth Stood Still and Star Trek: The Motion Picture. I kind of wish that Christopher Plummer had played it the way he played the Klingon <laughs> in Star Trek Six. <laughs> Cry havoc! I, I, I think I would have enjoyed the movie the much traps. more. <laughs>
He was singing Edelweiss in the Klingon. You have not sang Kronos, uh, you sang it in the original Klingon. Kronos, my planet, I love you. <laughs> Goodbye, everyone. Thank you so much for listening to our show, and we hope you'll continue to join us each and every week for more good old-fashioned comic book back-issue awesomeness. You can contact Back to the Bins to leave feedback, comments, questions, suggestions, and criticisms via email at backtothebins at gmail.com or by joining the Back to the Bins group on Facebook. Back to the Bins is a proud affiliate of the Two True Freaks Internet Radio Network, which you may find at www.twotruefreaks.com. Two True Freaks is a registered trademark of DiManzo Corps of Milan, Italy, all rights reserved. Each and every month, the Two True Freaks Network produces dozens of new and exciting episodes which regularly reach tens of thousands of loyal listeners worldwide. Sponsorship and or advertising opportunities are available. Inquiries may be made via email to two true freaks at gmail.com. Please take a moment to stop by the two true site and check out their many other fine podcasts, won't you? Thanks, and we'll see you next week. My upper groin hurts. I, you know, about where the appendix would be, but I know it's not that. Guess what's going at the end of this episode? <laughs> My upper groin hurts. Yep.